0: The Coat Podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com.
1: Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Shortcoat Podcast.
2: Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews.
3: By students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com.
0: Welcome back to the Shortcoat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Joining me in the studio and in our live stream on Facebook's The Short Coat Student Lounge is a fine slate of medical student co-hosts. Say hello to an illustrious M4, Joyce Waba.
3: Hey, everyone.
0: Over there is a uh, fine young M1 who's really going places, A.J. Chowdhury. Hello. And next to him is his virtually identical twin and a fascinating M1 himself, Alex Belzer. Howdy, howdy. And holy smokes, a new co-host has entered the chat. It's M1, Nolan Radetzky. Hello. But if you thought that was all that I had to offer you today on today's show, I would ordinarily say, isn't that enough for you, greedy listeners? But yes, I do have more. Dr. Apollius Mui is a first-year family medicine resident now in Winchester, Virginia, is that right? That's right. See, I, did, I did a little research. He's the co-inventor of a new game called Table Rounds, which I think you're going to like. Shortcoats, hello. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us on the show. Hey. So we're going to play this game a little bit. First... The story. I want to get into the story. You sort of the origin story of this game is that you and your med student friends sort of invented this game while you were a med student at BU, Boston University. Um, VCU. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was BU. I, I swear to God, I looked it up. I think you actually. I I found your I found your resident page on the website, and I think it says BU, dude.
1: I went to BU for undergrad.
0: Okay. So I read it wrong. (laughs) I'm an idiot. You tried, though. It's fine. I do try. I do try to do my job. Yeah. It sounds sounds like your effort was there. Yeah. (laughs) Not focused. I think you said you uh, sort of invented or came up with this game while you were in med school.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, thanks for having me on the show. I've actually listened to you all since... uh, At least
0: September 2016. I went back and looked through my emails. And the first time you emailed me was September of
1: 2016. So this is even before... I knew for certain that I was going to be a doctor. So, yeah, I've been following along your work for some time, and it's been really exciting. Now full circle, kind of crazy. Actually,
0: <laughs> now you're now you're the real thing, and you're on the show. I love it. This is great.
1: So, yeah, how did you come up with this game? Well, I mean, it was harder to not make the game, I think, than actually make it and share it with my colleagues. It really came out of how we studied and with my friends and, and the study group, I think it was step one dedicated period when we, it really clicked. And I think kind of realizing going through medicine and medical school, realizing that medicine is just a lot about identifying connections that seem to be hidden. And there are all sorts of clues that the patient tells you and you're supposed to kind of piece them together and make the connections visible for others. And I can get into kind of more of the, maybe not the so exciting part, but you know, like my friend Graham, he would quiz me about different things, for example. And Dave, we're going to get a little medical here. I can Uh, handle it.
0: Okay. I, got, I got this. I'm going to gird my
1: loins. Yeah. <laughs> my loins are girded. Uh, so, you know, he would say, okay, so tell me what you know about cellulitis. Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And I don't know, I think of like an antibiotic, like clindamycin. And he's like, okay, what else is associated with clindamycin? And I would say, okay, maybe C. diff. Okay. And then he's like, what about C. diff? And then I would say uh, vancomycin. And then we just kind of go down the path of one thing makes you think of another thing. And then we kind of see how far we can take each other's knowledge and so that's really the idea that you know there are these things that you're you know you think of one thing and then it's connected to the other and we built off of that and created this this game
0: i don't know about you guys but i like this approach because it seems kind of an obvious approach because uh a lot of med school is about memorization but that's not where the real sort of learning is done right? I mean, that's just basic sort of surface level.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think, you know, this is certainly a game and a way to play, but really I think it's more of a symbol for why we actually took the effort to produce it and make it available and go through some of the steps that are not just purely fun, because it took a lot of time to make sure that it's it's a good experience for everybody, is because we really hope to nudge the culture of medical education to create a space for playfulness and human connection in a place that I think doesn't welcome it, All the time. I think just broadly speaking, obviously, that's great. I like that. Yeah, every medical school uh, experience is different for everybody. But and so this is kind of coming from my experience. And, you know, medical education is full of amazing people, but some things exist that I think could be improved. And whether this is just kind of leftover or unintended consequences of well-meaning efforts or just historical inertia. But there are definitely a few things that could be changed about the way our training happens in terms of it matching up with the reality of practicing medicine. And I think that our game really tries to bridge the gap between what's, what's not available right now in terms of developing some of these more emotional intelligence skills any reactions to that you guys that sounds very high yield <laughs>
2: yeah, i'm going to go i'm going to go ahead and file that in the good take file folder
0: <laughs> indeed so you had this idea and what was it like to bring an idea from something you do with your buds to a physical product i'm kind of always fascinated by this by this process it's not it's not just like have an idea make it profit
1: yeah that's true exactly and i mean i think this is not something that is going to make us wealthy or have us pay off our student loans i think this is just uh, a fun thing that hopefully we're not going to lose money and be net neutral or so in the end we launched officially and made it available for sale early in 2021, but have been working on it really, I think, for about two years now. And so we first developed the concept for the game and then tested it with our friends and refined the rules. And then we tested it some more, got feedback and went through a lot of iterations and kind of handmade the cards ourselves. First, we created everything by hand. Then we took it to the next phase of printing it at Kinko's. And then when things were kind of evolving as we were expecting, you know, we ordered some prototypes, researched the different companies that you could place the order with, and then kept testing it. And then eventually when we felt comfortable that this is uh, worthwhile pursuing, you know, we took somewhat of a risk and bought an inventory and created a website, you know, like a whole production, I think, and I don't. I honestly don't know why it happened, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
0: I was gonna ask, like, what was that signal that you were like, oh yeah, this this has legs. Can we can do this?
1: I mean, so because I I think I believe in what it represents. So so there you know, I didn't get into like the specific issues that are wrong with I think medical training. Yeah, uh, let's let's But I'm I'm happy to highlight a couple <laughs> yeah, of things. let do it. Nope, there's nothing wrong with medical training. <laughs> Actually, you know, I've only I only know my experience and the few people that I know outside of my medical school who have gone through the same thing and I've heard it echoed. But if you guys feel that this is not really true to you, let me know. So what I think, for example, there are there are a couple of things. The biggest thing that stands out to me is that the opportunity cost of not studying in medical school is huge. I felt the need to to try to study whenever I can. Even like when exercising, I try to listen, you know, try to kind of do something medically oriented. Because of that, people generally who go to medical school, you know, adapt really well to their circumstances. And that comes with the neglect of their well-being and physical health and mental health. And the very qualities that our patients expect us to model just are not paid attention to. And I think that the system, yes, there are wellness efforts and so on, but I think that really the medical education system does not make it easier for us to prioritize ourselves. I don't know if there's a glimpse of truth in your experience, especially you, Joyce, that you've gone through school.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would definitely agree with that. Like, I think wellness very much needs to be like a systemic thing, like that's kind of built into the structure of what the school has to offer not just kind of like one-off wellness lectures because those don't really do much it's more of like a cultural change overall
2: yeah i feel like i was trying really really hard i don't know how much i can speak about this but i was trying really really hard to do wellness <laughs> stuff and well wait a minute wait a minute, minute wait a face. minute i
0: just want to point out that if you do say something wrong you will have to die <laughs> <laughs> i mean
3: it's a sacrifice we're willing yeah. to. okay
2: good all right <laughs> yeah i was i was trying really really hard to like emphasize wellness if that makes sense.
3: A wellness passport not make you more well?
2: Oh, that is
4: peak wellness.
2: No, I have t- I've booked a flight, taken a trip and gone through customs to get to the
0: land of wellness. Well, the wellness Absolutely. Passport, yes. <laughs> Yeah,
4: these are efforts that are clearly still developing. And we could, I think we can... <laughs> They're
3: trying. Yes.
4: yes. And they are open to student feedback. I sit on the committee that's actually revising wellness passports for next year's M1s. That is... No, I'm confusing it with something else. Never mind. There's a student liaison committee. Yes. We talk between the two. Yeah.
1: If I can just add, so it sounds like you guys you know, can empathize with what's happening over at other places too. And so, so that's one of three things. So then I think the second thing that I think about is that there's also a culture of individualism in medicine. And obviously people study sometimes together and, you know, there's some team-based exercises, but overall, you know, a I felt even though I had friends and classmates and so on that we got along with there there's definitely a sense of you competing ultimately against other people even whether it's a silent competition or something you know, there's just, there's that process of ranking and like our school was pass fail for the first two years, but people keep track of where you stand. And then you have to go through the match process to get into the residency. It's like the ultimate competition, you know, limited spots and you, you need to be able to get into places. Whereas the real world medicine is really all about working in teams and having the emotional intelligence to collaborate. And that's really ultimately how good patient care is delivered. And so, you know, you have to be able to work well with pharmacists, nurses, audiologists, like all of the, the people out there in the health team.
0: So the, so the game is basically an additional opportunity to learn while you're enjoying the company of other people instead of, like, just hitting the books, basically.
1: Exactly. So, really, like, if you just play the game, I don't think you're going to get very far in medical school. Like, this is, this is more of an... Ex-
3: <laughs> MD, well, right there.
0: Version. I mean, you know, version two, the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe I, maybe that will... There maybe could be else.
3: expansion packs. Yes. Like, infectious disease, nephrology, start getting really specific. The
0: Yo, adult honest, version.
2: Oh. <laughs> Honestly, what would a game be these days without more payment? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you want more cards? EA Sports. <laughs> It's in the credit card. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and actually, this it's an interesting point. And you, you can certainly take it, you know, if, when we're going to talk about the details of the game, yes, you can certainly take it and make it a lot, you know, like specialty specific. But truly, if you are creative enough, you can connect a lot of things to to the foundations of medicine. I think that's the other piece, the third part, I think, that is kind of different about the medical training compared to the practice of medicine that you know i've had just under a year of experience but to me there's that that one difference of medical school really drills into you certainty and knowing the one correct answer i mean our often our self-identity is uh wrapped in our academic standing and you know how we live is defined by the answer you choose and That determines what specialty you go into. And the real world is a lot more messy. I mean, there is not an answer in the back of the book for most patients. Like, yes, there are definitely things that you shouldn't do. But for the most part, even something as routine as like treating hypertension, you have so many different ways to approach it for a particular patient. And it's really an art of how you do this. And I think that this is what this game is really best at doing and and showing how, like most people say, like, where are the answers to the cards? Like, where do I look up these connections, how one card connects to the other? And that's the whole point. Like you need to get out of that mentality because like that is far from how the real world is. And I think the more we get comfortable with discomfort, this is where we grow and this is how innovations happen in medicine and, and, and so on.
3: I think that's pretty parallel to fake it till you make it. Or she's like, yeah, this connects totally (laughs) smiles and nods.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you began your residency journey, the residency portion of your journey in the past year. You had this theory about how these connections work. I mean, you pretty much knew that that was true. (laughs) But were you at at some point, were you you ever like, okay, thank God. Now that I'm doing this for living, it actually turns out to be true.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I still can't believe it that this this is so rewarding to have gone through med school and now be doing it in real life. And oh yeah, and I mean, I went to school late. Like I, you know, in my 20s I kind of explored other things and I got to know myself really well and then I was pretty certain that medicine was for me, but just being out in the real world and experiencing and having that privilege to To just have patients really listen to what you say Because their health is in your hands I think that's really cool
0: You know, I've had, you know, I don't want to brag uh, (laughs) But I have had A few really good product ideas In the past
1: Oh no, (laughs) I think I've heard some (laughs)
0: Uh, For instance I probably talked about them on the show I did have an idea for a wearable airbag For motorcyclists Which is actually a thing
3: It's like an avalanche bag yeah. They have like these backpacks yeah. with the. Yeah.
0: Yes. So yeah. Expensive, exactly. Though. Yeah. My gonna... other really really good idea that I never I'm waving around a screwdriver.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you are ready re- to build.
0: <laughs> my other really really good idea was the ejection seat for motorcyclists.
5: Yeah. Um, which
0: for some reason, like if you get if you find yourself in in trouble, you know you it would eject you from the motorcycle, get you out of harm's way. For some reason, when I mentioned this to people, nobody liked that.
4: <laughs> well, does it come with an extra? Optional purchase of a parachute so that you land safely. Yeah. Well, one of the yeah,
0: that was a great idea. I mean, I supposed it was better than you know smashing into something. I'm patenting that right after this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just give everybody a jetpack all the time.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: Same thing, pretty it's much. The same oh, thing. Or or there, there, what was we point- could we could genetically push evolution so that everybody can fly. Okay.
1: That. That, that seems then we a little, even, then we seems don't even a little need more, more complicated
0: than than making a card game or even making a, an ejection seat. Somebody did point out to me the bridge overpass problem with my ejection seat. Ooh. Uh, so Ooh. You know. what percentage? That's when I abandoned. Roads. That's when I abandoned the idea.
2: What percentage of roads are actually caused by or are, uh, are roads are, are covered by an overpass? Though,
0: I don't actually, know. By, like guess. less than 0.5
4: percent. Yeah, that's, my that, guess. that's a good point that is a good point i should have brought that up <laughs> well your product back. could drive a lot of business towards joyce yeah that's, that's true, true. <laughs>
3: true. <laughs> always looking for new patients
4: <laughs> 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 no, that's cool
0: Proud of you, It's Proud that you were were able to, to come up with this and bring it to some sort of fruition. So let's try this out. First of all, I'm going to awkwardly run around and rearrange cameras so uh, you guys can fill <laughs> while I do this.
1: So how are you guys feeling? Tell me what your experience has been so far. Have you like looked at the box or the instructions or and Or you know nothing? I've uh, seen the outside uh, of the box.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think the box is big vibes. I, I,
2: like I, it. Really, I like the color yeah. palette. Very pastel. Yeah. That's that's all I got. I like red two, wait, three sides of the box. That's about it. There six. Now you've read well, four. five. Five. <laughs> I'm at five. I haven't seen the bottom.
4: Is there anything on the bottom? There oh, is. Oh, the roll. Oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys see that?
3: It looks like a nutrition label.
4: It does. I like it. Is this good for your health,
1: Polyus? You know, I can't make any substantial claims, but I (laughs) uh,
3: also, how badly am I going to be embarrassed by this? If I haven't done any clinical care since like October and haven't taken step two since like before that,
1: this is okay. (laughs) I mean, I think we've played it with non-medical people and I think it's it's pretty interesting. I think, I think this is more about a different way to think and a way to teach each other. And just like in real life, you can look stuff up. And I think the, you know, the whole idea is to just generate a conversation that otherwise wouldn't happen. And I think as long as it's somewhat, you know, it's like, was it Dave was saying? You know, like, does is this supposed to help you learn medicine better? I mean, I think it's just going back to one of those things where it's just an excuse for you to... No, I feel pressured to just always grind. And this is just like giving yourself the permission to hang out. And if you learn something along the way, great. But if you just end up like hanging out with people and, you know, talking about some medical things, I think that is okay. Just like what you're doing with a podcast. I think you're taking, you know, you're setting an hour aside to do something that is not just, you know, scrolling through a computer and clicking on answer choices, I think. So that's part of it.
2: Cool. Wait, so you're saying that we don't have to memorize that the Philadelphia chromosome translocation <laughs> is 9 and 22? You're saying that we can just look that up? Because they asked us about that.
1: Yeah, so, like you know, it's ago. part of the system. That's part of the system. Like, it was, you kind of have agreed. to know it. Yeah. Do our
4: patients give us five multiple choice answers <laughs> for their diagnosis? <laughs> By the way, we had our first physical SPs, the 3M ones in the room last Aww, week. Cute. And uh, we were we were definitely g- getting softballs like I have a history of reactive airway disease. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, you do your best. All right, so I have awkwardly set up the camera. We've got this top-down view of the table. So, what do we do? How do we start? What's going on? Pollyus, give us the give us the lowdown.
1: All right. Okay, so well, open up the box
0: oh yep yeah. it's important to
1: what and everyone in the room is gonna play right so um... i cannot
0: play because i need to run things over here i realized i wanted to
1: oh oh my gosh okay all right well you do another round so later for you. i
0: if i can see on my monitor maybe i can
1: So, this is maybe what you could do is you could turn the box over and just spill the cards on the table and then shuffle them up. We can just exactly mix them up (laughs) like that. But there were different colors, the cards. And so that's also on the top of the box. And so, the way that the game is set up is that it has 280 cards that we selected very meticulously to represent the foundations of medical knowledge. And so they're roughly grouped into five categories and if you look at the box it goes from the peach to purple going outside in and so the cards that have and you can you know flip one or two over just to get a sense of like what's on there but exactly so is that say vascular valvular heart disease right so so that's blue card so that's a diagnosis card so but if we if we look at the peach cards their signs and symptoms the yellow ones are the tests the workup essentially that exactly that you would order like an ultrasound. And then the green ones are the results of different tests that would come back to you. So what does that one say? Hyper Hyperhypocloremia. Right. So if you order a BMP, you know, you would see what the chloride levels are. Then the, you already showed blue card, which is a diagnosis card. And then the purple cards are the treatment cards. So that's metronidazole. Exactly. So like, for example, what do you guys, th- when you see metronidazole, what do you think of anything random comes to mind? There's a
5: Z in that word. <laughs> <laughs> Azole, some kind of a proton pump inhibitor. <laughs> we have not learned that yet <laughs> no you know
1: that's really interesting actually that's one of those instances where like meprazole is a ppi but metronidazole is actually not it's an anti i think parasitic technically because mm-hmm. it, it's which is used answer. to for like anaerobic or i guess antibacterial you know used for anaerobic infections like bacterial vaginosis for example mm-hmm. but anyway so so you have these cards And the beauty, I think, of this game, you know, patting myself on the back, is that (laughs) these are building blocks of medical knowledge, right? And you can discover learning just by playing. And it's very modular. So it's almost like those Lego toy pieces that you can essentially follow an instruction manual to build something very specific. Or, you know, once you've like have a bunch of Lego bricks, you can kind of create your own thing, and you can do what you want with it. And so same here, like we have these cards and we've created uh, a number of ways that you can follow our instructions and play, whether you want to make it a competitive or uh, collaborative experience, if you have 15 minutes to play versus you have an hour to play. And I really encourage you to take a look through the instructions on our website at some point just to get an idea of how you can play. But every time we've showed this game to somebody they've adapted it and created their own rules to play like they want to like even somebody one of the attendings at another school actually said that they would pick out the cards that related to the patients on their service and then use those cards to kind of take the game-based approach to learning about their patients and generating discussion because you are going to be vulnerable when you try to explain things and you're still learning. But at the same time, for people, for educators, it's a really good opportunity to identify what you don't know in real time. And that's a space for teaching you exactly where you're at, you know, because sometimes with a lecture hall, there might, you might be, you know, giving the, the information only to a segment of the people. That's the right information at that time. But a lot of people might be, you know, you might be overshooting or undershooting sometimes. Any questions about those basic ideas?
2: Sounds like I'm going to do a lot of finding out what I don't know.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think about it. (laughs) Same girl, same. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I think that's a very sharp perception. And and I don't know if you've had that feeling too, like, I mean, we kind of joked about this, but when like you do, you know, like a set of view World questions. I don't know if you, you guys have not gotten into it yet, right? The uh, the three no. M ones. No. 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 But it, it, it's like a you know a Q bank like you would do Kaplan for MCAT or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And you know, you get up like you do like a set of twenty or forty questions at a time and then you get feedback of like what how many did you get right, wrong. And it's like very demoralizing sometimes to get more than half incorrect or whatever. Right. (laughs) But if you think about it, like that is really good because you did not waste your time. You actually like struggled and you realized that this is how much you did not know. And ultimately that's for the better. Because if you're just cruising and, you know, missing only one or two questions, you're kind of wasting your, your time, you know, because you already know like ninety percent or whatnot.
3: That is such a positive way to look at blocks where you get forty percent. <laughs> that is definitely not what I was going through, one, you, you did it and it's it's you're cause just cause like, you learned- God dang it. <laughs>
1: Exactly. It's because yeah. you learn 60%, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, such a learning opportunity.
1: <laughs> zone of proximal development. Yes. I mean, I just tend to, I think, lean in the over-optimistic zone, but it's, it's carried me this far, and that's just who I am, I think. <laughs> that's beautiful. All right, we'll get into it. Let's see. Let's, let's do it. Okay, so, so you've, you've shuffled the cards. So why don't each of you draw, let's say, why don't we do five cards, for example? You guys are meticulously picking out. <laughs> Can we look at them? Yeah, so why don't you take a look? And it's okay for, I think maybe show me the cards so that I can see if you've shuffled them fairly okay where it's not like everybody has one color. Okay, perfect. So for this first, so the way you would play, right? Like if you've dealt this, these cards out, so Joyce, do you, like? can I ask you to, for example, wanna go first, would you be okay with that? Yeah. Okay, so what you, y'all could do is make some space in the middle where you're gonna build your connections. And and then some some basic ideas of how the connections work. So, for example, also somebody just can pull out a random card and put it in the middle. Exactly. CSF. CSF. Okay. So do you guys know what that is? Cerebrospinal fluid. Exactly. Yep. And...
5: <laughs>
1: see already <laughs> building
0: camaraderie.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dave, did you know that? Did you know that I did us? know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's I know pretty... a lot. Look, I, probably, I know a lot of things. Okay. The dude works okay, at a yeah, medical right, school. Right. He's a medical educator. Saying, <laughs> there will be some things that you'll need to look up because, as I'm ones, you've just not been exposed to some of these abbreviations and so on. And so, like, like that's like also... metoprolol or whatever. <laughs> 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 So, okay, so let's say and, you know, depending how competitive you want to get, like we we could give like a time limit per turn or whatnot. But for now, maybe we can just like try it without too too much intensity. So the way the connections basically work is that you can put your card on either edge of another card. So the connections would work essentially, you know, top or bottom or side to side, but the diagonals don't need to connect in a sense. And if you have only the cards that are directly touching should have some sort of connection that you explain. So for example, if you have, you know, like three cards in a row, the first card and the third card don't have to directly connect like they can, but you don't have to. So it's really all about the immediate connections. Is is, that's a basic principle? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, Joy. So, why don't you look at your cards, and you know, why don't we take like thirty seconds or so and see what things you could connect to the card in the middle right now using your cards? And you can use.
3: So all of these are going to be a gigantic stretch. And and that's,
1: that's okay. And that can be part of the conversation. Like if this is something that is maybe borderline not true or whatnot. (laughs) Then the, then the group can say, all right, like we're not buying it or we need to double check <laughs> and look it up. And then you'll just take those cards back and it'll be someone else's turn. Yo, Polyus, uh-huh.
3: if you weren't here, I would be the one with the most medical knowledge. I could say whatever I want and they'd just be like, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I mean, technically, yes, exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm going to play cirrhosis.
1: And you can play as many cards as you feel comfortable with with that current hand. So you could, you know, if, if you this one, <laughs> okay. Okay, so I actually when I see this, I'm not really like nothing jumps at me immediately. But let's say if you don't want to play any other cards, then after you've set your cards down, then you get to explain what the connection is. And you can take as much time to do that. And you can like use your phone if you wanted to. I mean, these are the rules you could create amongst yourselves. But so like what teaching point would you share with somebody about CSF and cirrhosis? I'm going to translate that. What bullshit <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you?
3: He's like, I don't quite see the connection there. That's like when you say something on rounds and they ask you a question and you just BS your way through it. And they're just like, interesting. But that-
5: <laughs> <laughs> Why
4: right. don't you make a report about this to present tomorrow? <laughs> Go ahead.
3: Um, this is an absolute stretch. But CSF, the F stands for fluid Cirrhosis you have really bad like alcoholic cirrhosis and you get like some ascites going, then that's also a fluid, AKA, this is a really big stretch because I don't have a lot in my cards.
0: You did it. I did it. You did it, Joyce. Mildly. You did it great.
3: Unless Polys is like, eh, take it back.
0: (laughs) Polys doesn't get to do that. My understanding is that this is uh, a game of spurious connections even, you know, sometimes we're here to be free thinkers. That's right.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I think I think this is a good connection to start with. I think it's a little bit of a soft connection <laughs> yeah. but 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 I think it's a really interesting way to think because I would not have put these down because I just I wasn't thinking the way you did. So but the way you explained it actually made me think that, one thing that I, for example, and like, I'm not that far from you guys in training, but what I would try to teach on top of that, if I was a more seasoned attending, I would say, okay, so when we think about ascites and cirrhosis, you want to think about the SAG, that it's like a serum albumin to ascites gradient. And if it's like greater than 1.1, you want to think that the ascites is caused by portal hypertension. So that's like one idea. And I have to double check myself if what I told you is true. But the there's this calculation that you can do based on the fluid to tell you where it's coming from. And then you want to also potentially think about like with ascites, you're testing it for bacteria because you're looking for something called spontaneous bacterial peritonitis. And if you have like, I don't know, Joyce, if you remember, it's like if you have more than 250 neutrophils then like you want to start antibiotics and you have like a higher you know and that's the diagnosis for it the same way that you test csf for bacteria that indicates that you want to start antibiotics for example
3: that was beautiful
1: genius <laughs> yeah, but, you know that's kind of the idea and then like yeah. if we if i was playing with you guys we try to pull up the sag ratio and see what we can remind each other about that and and that's pretty much it and so who's setting uh to your left we oh. could have Okay, Alex, so why don't you try next? Do I draw right. a
3: new card since I played one?
1: So you don't have to, because the idea would be to try to get rid of okay. your cards first. So if Alex can play all five of his, you know, then boom, okay. game over in a sense, right? But uh, so this this think- is like the version. So this, this version is called flash rounds in a way that in a hospital you can kind of do flash rounds where you just like quickly talk about the patient and like don't go too much into the detail mm-hmm. uh, okay so I'm,
2: i think i'm gonna play multiple cards Ooh, we got dizziness mm-hmm. on csf and we got antihistamine on cirrhosis and he's
0: going for it ladies and gentlemen I think i'm gonna <laughs> like I'm gonna put this exciting. I'm gonna put
2: magnesiumia on cirrhosis as well. And I think, well, actually, put <laughs> cellular. Can I attach things to cards that I put down?
1: Yes, yeah, so exactly. You put can. Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's all the cards in my hand that I know what they mean. so so here we go so csf is related to dizziness because if you have too much csf in your ventricles then you can push on the vestibular nuclei and make some weird stuff go on and and get dizzy cirrhosis is a liver issue and i'm guessing that in some way the liver is related to the metabolism of magnesium so if you have cirrhosis and you have decreased liver function then maybe you can get Mm magnesiumia the antihistamines i know that there is some processing of antihistamine drugs that is done by the liver which might be screwed up in cirrhosis and then with cellulitis i know that the wheel and flare reaction that's associated with the type 1 hypersensitivity is in the skin and if you have cellulitis then you might have more skin destruction when you have a uh, histamine release in the type one hypersensitivity. So antihistamines, I, I don't know how to finish that
0: thought, but there's, there's a, there's a connection there. I promise. <laughs> I, I just want to say that that was a lot of words that sounded great. Thanks, Dave. You're
3: welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Anybody yeah. can
0: feel free to fact check me.
3: It's all wrong. I'm just <laughs> You've done good.
2: Thank you. I would have played this card too, but I don't even know what this card means. I see it. Oh.
3: Do you know
1: what the card means? uh... What's the card?
3: It's uh ARB, so it's like a hypertension medication. That's what exactly you're for, right. Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> Angiotensin receptor blocker. Yep. Okay. okay. So by the way, your connections were awesome. I think the only like all of them were really creative and you did it in in a way that I think like wasn't the first thing that comes to mind. One thing that I would say we should double check is magnesium and cirrhosis. Like one thing that I think of I think magnesium might be I think it's a kidney that it'll be filtered through, but I do think that the cirrhosis and mag levels are, you tend to have low mag in people with liver disease. And I think, I don't know if it's just due to poor nutrition or mm-hmm. other, like as a, just an associated thing, that's what I think of. But the way I would double check it is just, you know, either Google or PubMed right. magnesium and cirrhosis and see what comes up. And it actually has been a really interesting way for <laughs> to read a lot of PubMed articles yeah. which, like, you just get to explore the connections
0: you yeah, know I, mean, yeah. I will jump in with my knowledge and say that magnesium deficiency is commonly associated as you said with the liver diseases and may result from low nutrient uptake, uptake like you suggested uh, <laughs> things like greater urinary secretion low serum albumin concentration hormone inactivation so yeah seems legit well Dave um... the cuff yeah <laughs> I
4: had all that knowledge He's in my totally brain totally not holding his phone up <laughs>
3: He is PubMed. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
4: This uh, Is A
1: J N X. Yeah.
4: I am. All right. So asthma and antihistamine. Nice. There you go. Beautiful. I got that one.
3: You have asthma or you understand that
4: one? I got them all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got everything in this, in this deck.
4: And like, magnesiumia and arrhythmia. Ooh. Those are the connections that I can make. So with asthma, you can have allergy-induced asthma, which you can treat with antihistamines, and arrhythmias... I know nothing about the heart, but I know that electrolytes can mess with the rhythm of the heart, so that's my connection there. Let's go <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: that's that's amazing so good work. so like if you for example, if Dave was an award winning faculty attending specializing mm. in asthma, you know he would prompt you to probably say something along the lines of like what specific antihistamine would you use and what would be the dosing like to just push your knowledge to the next level if this was like a you know a teaching session so that's how, one way to kind of explore and deepen and challenge yourself you know
0: yeah this is pretty cool magnesium and- uh, deficiency does increase <laughs> irregular heartbeats so oh
1: snap Ooh. yeah yeah so actually that's that pepper. that is a really cool connection because with torsades, which is this rhythm, It's if you look up torsades, it's like twisting of the points from French. It, it is when you're just, you're pretty much close to dying. But the way to treat that is that you give a lot of magnesium. And interestingly, magnesium, I don't know, Joseph, this rings a bell, how it acts as a calcium channel blocker. And that's why it, it kind of blocks the, the rhythm that's of the torsades and actually you know, stabilizes the heart.
5: Beautiful. Cat just, just
0: filed that, that away season. for for three months from now when she's <laughs> day one on her, her, her
2: Have you guys seen the videos where people will... Like you know there's hyperlinks in Wikipedia pages. And mm-hmm. so people will try this to is what like this game
3: reminds no, people, yeah, me I was thinking yeah. the same thing. <laughs> we'll try yeah, to, like, yeah. People will try
2: to like speed run from like Ben Shapiro's Wikipedia page to like Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> just <laughs> by like going through and like clicking stuff that's embedded in the Wikipedia page. Cause like there's this virtual network of Wikipedia pages and they're all connected somehow. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what that reminds me of, except yeah. with medical knowledge and these nifty little cute cards.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Nolan, right? Is that Nolan? But yeah, I'm right, Nolan.
5: so I'm gonna go with ACS, which I had to look up, but acute <laughs> coronary syndrome. Hey, there you go. And that could be causing an arrhythmia, but also off of that, cortisol Ooh. could be uh, triggering triggering that. But then off of cortisol, we have Cushing syndrome. Nice. (laughs) Which is the excess cortisol causing that. So, yeah. Nice.
1: Nice work. Yeah, I mean, you're getting the hang of it. And so that's the idea, is that you, you know, explore what you don't know together, and you're somewhat vulnerable, because, like, I mean, it's, you know, like, you guys somewhat know each other. I don't know if you've hung out before, but... We live um, together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, like, that's... You know, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to, to, to do that because we, you know, often in like lectures, you just sit and listen. And then if you are answering anything, a lot of it is just like on your computer and you, you click away. And like, yeah, you might have some like, I think we call them PBLs where you have to like work together through like multiple choice questions or whatnot. But this is, I think, just really pushes you to that next level of exploring, being vulnerable and learning.
5: I was actually curious about the cortisol. Can, can that uh, precipitate like if you just had like cortisol rush can that precipitate acute coronary syndrome um
1: i don't know if it would precipitate it i often think that if you're having um so acs acute coronary syndrome can you could have multiple things that go under it but something like a stemi right you have an st elevation mi and if what i would connect cortisol to is that you're you know you're stressing your body and your natural response is going to release some cortisol levels. And
5: mm-hmm. so it's a more so- of a response to that. That makes sense.
1: I would think so. But, and I mean, you could also think about that. Why are you having the MI and is it related to like myocarditis, for example, and you would treat myocarditis. I actually don't remember if you would give steroids, but you could kind of like kind of go down that path. And this is a good opportunity. Like, like, like I maybe should be knowing this, but I'll, like, admit, I don't remember. And so I would go ahead and PubMed it or look it up and see what I can learn. Or maybe Dave is already looking things up. So
0: I'm not, <laughs> I've exhausted my data uh,
5: during, <laughs> during today's
0: show Well this is, this is great I kind of enjoyed watching these guys go through it And uh, talk about the connections Love the idea Before uh, we end the show though I wanted to I, I would be remiss if I didn't put you on the spot a little
4: bit Polyus. Wait can we take a second On the box at the bottom It says distributed by low yield Productions LLC That is yeah! amazing oh. <laughs> Good one
1: Appreciate you noticing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I don't have anything else to add.
0: (laughs) We all get it, though. We all get it. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. So, anyway, I'd be remiss if I didn't put you on the spot to ask you how your first year went in the middle of a pandemic,
1: Paulius? Well, I think overall it went really well. Obviously, I'm still here. I'm smiling. I learned a lot. You know, so I'm in a family medicine program, and it's a lovely place. It's located at the entrance of a national park.
0: Yeah. All those things really,
1: yeah, they really make it easier to, I think, tolerate residency. But I'm surrounded by great co-residents, which I think make all the difference. And the pandemic has definitely changed how the things that normally happen, they didn't for us. There's that social dynamic that really suffered, I think, for everybody. But like in our program, we have end of block resident parties where someone just get, you know, we get together and go to a park, get food or do some activity together. So those are on hold. And because of that, we don't get to see like each other's families and significant others and so on. I think the patient interactions are certainly different like you know in family med it we see like acute urgent cases and we see chronic disease uh, you know patients with chronic illnesses and manage those and with the with covid a lot of the people with acute complaints like those numbers have decreased so I think that really impacted directly what uh, what kind of chief complaints I was getting experience with and a lot of the people, like we have a cold clinic section. So you, you, some of the patients are like triaged for you to only be taking care of respiratory issues. And so, you know, like I, that's not how normally things are. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of adapt and work with that. I think it was also, you know, like at the beginning, everybody's wearing masks and you like don't know what the other people look like. It was really kind of interesting. <laughs> Gotten um, really good at people by, like, by their eyeballs only.
0: Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> Yeah. Shock to the system, and yeah. the rest of their face. Like, Who are you? are <laughs> like, um, ah, okay.
1: <laughs> and I mean, there's also, you know, this component of like taking care of COVID patients, and like this is very much like I'm in the middle of this thing that is global, and actually, like it's it's you're first that you're. Re- I remember, you know, reading, hearing about it, and then now I have patients with COVID on my list and I'm rounding on them and I'm trying to like be safe and like always wondering, like, like, did I like wash my hands enough to like, you know, like, am I at risk or whatnot? But so certainly, I don't know, you know, this is my experience. I think overall it's been really, really great. And like, I've gotten the vaccines and feel a lot more comfortable now, you know, and so on, but still like, I don't think we're, we're done yet when it comes to letting our guard down.
0: Yeah. Joyce here is an M4 going into emergency medicine. You're a family medicine resident, different specialty, but any advice for Joyce
1: as she looks forward to starting her new job in July? Congratulations. Where will you be Joyce?
3: Uh, I'm going to Harbor UCLA.
1: Oh, so awesome. Wow. I mean, I think it's a, it's a tough question like to broadly, you know, give advice. I think I think that things that have gotten you this far, you're just going to continue to do. And like, that's like, you know, I think you you still like the learning curve I imagined was going to be like insurmountable, but it really isn't too bad. I think everybody has gone through this process who's become a doctor and people relate to that experience of you being a new physician. I think try to, I don't know if you like the journal or reflect, but like I still remember when I placed like my first order ever as a physician and like it wasn't like a turkey sandwich it was like a CBC. I was, like, oh my god. <laughs> it was like a 3 year old and they were sick but like not really like toxic and I was like I don't know if I should get this like this will hurt them like you know on peds. we usually try to just like be more conservative and and actually started out my first rotation in the ED. Uh, and that was really, really cool. And like, you're going to have all these experiences. Like, I remember there was a patient who, I don't even remember, it was like, they were dizzy maybe. And I did my like neuro assessment and it was kind of normal, but then I had them walk and something was off. Like their gait was strange. And I was like, okay, we probably need to like get an MRI and my attending. I was like, yeah, just do it. I'm like, aren't you going to go and like double check what I told you? <laughs> no. <laughs> And I was like, well, wait, really? And then, and then, yeah, and you're like fitting in this MRI. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like 2,000 or something dollars. I'm like, yeah. this one click is going to change like what happens to this person. And then now, you know, like you're just ordering CTs and everything left and right. And so like, I just think this is such an exciting part of your growth that like, appreciate it, enjoy it. Take time, like like care for yourself. Like, don't forget your priorities. Like, I, I don't know, that's my like, I think- the same advice to anybody like going through med school too, like enjoy the process. And, and if, you know, like if it, if you don't have to do residency the way that everybody else does residency, I think just find what works for you and take care of yourself like along the process. That sounds
0: like fantastic advice. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, so Paulius, getting back to the game, where can people find out more about table rounds? Well,
1: you could check out our website, Usually have all of our information there. It's, it's PlayTableRounds.com. And hopefully, you know, you'll see your classmates playing it. And if you don't see them, tell them about them. We're doing some research game to just see if it can be part of uh, curricula in different awesome. places. Awesome. Yeah. So feel free to explore. And I'm available for contact. You can share my email. If people want to email me, my email is polyus at bu.edu and i um, happy to answer any questions i really appreciate you guys having me on and being you know courageous to try the game and yeah thanks i have thanks.
3: an idea for the game let's hear it <laughs> i think it would be kind of funny or fun to have like joker cards this could be just like a little tiny starter pack on the side where it's just like random words that people have to connect like donut or something like that it's just like okay donut uh i have uh, a metformin okay diabetes some some, like random like everyday objects or something like that that you just have to like throw in there
1: nice (laughs) there you go love it that's clever Joyce. we'll have to we'll have to call it that dag joyce's Joyce's edition (laughs) uh well thank you so much
5: for
0: being with us today on the shortcode podcast it's been a lot of fun and that's our show Joyce, AJ, Alex, Nolan, thank you for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being so, I don't
2: know, insert good adjective here. Okay, <laughs>
0: I will take it. And what kind of jerk would I be if I didn't thank you, Short Coats, for making this part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are available. Our editors are A.J. Chowdhury and Eric Bozart, and Alex Belzer is our marketing coordinator. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, student government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Fox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week.